and Frodo happened to have the same birthday, September the 22nd. "'You would better come and live here, Frodo, my lad,' said Bilbo one day. "'And then we can celebrate our birthday parties comfortably together.' At that time Frodo was still in his tweens, as the hobbits called the irresponsible twenties between childhood and coming of age at thirty-three. Twelve more years passed. Each year the Bagginses had given very lively combined birthday parties at Bag End, but now it was understood that something quite exceptional was being planned for that autumn. Bilbo was going to be eleventy-one, one, 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 a rather curious number and a very respectable age for a hobbit. The old Took himself had only reached a hundred and thirty and Frodo was going to be thirty-three, three-three, an important number, the date of his coming of age. Tongues began to wag in Hobbiton and Bywater, and the rumour of the coming event travelled all over the Shire. The history and character of Mr. Bilbo Baggins became once again the chief topic of conversation, and the older folk suddenly found their reminiscences in welcome demand. No one had a more attentive audience than old Ham Gamge, commonly known as the Gaffer. He held forth at the Ivy Bush, a small inn on the Bywater Road, and he spoke with some authority, for he had tended the garden at Bag End for forty years, and had helped old Holman in the same job before that. Now that he was himself growing old and stiff in the joints, the job was mainly carried on by his youngest son, Sam Gamge. Both father and son were on very friendly terms with Bilbo and Frodo. They lived on the hill itself, in number three, Bagshot Row, just below Bag End. A very nice, well-spoken gentle hobbit is Mr. Bilbo, as I've always said, the gaffer declared, with perfect truth, for Bilbo was very polite to him, calling him Master Hamfast, and consulting him constantly upon the growing of vegetables, in the matter of roots, especially potatoes, the gaffer was recognised as the leading authority by all in the neighbourhood, including himself. "'But what about this Frodo that lives with him?' asked old Noakes of Bywater. "'Baggins is his name, but he's more than half a brandy-buck, they say.' "'It beats me why any Baggins of Hobbiton "'should go looking for a wife away there in Buckland, "'where folks are so queer.' "'And no wonder they're queer,' put in Daddy Twofoot, "'the gaffer's next-door neighbour, "'if they live on the wrong side of the Brandywine River "'and right again the old forest, "'that's a bad place if half the tales be true.' "'You're right, Dad,' said the gaffer. Not that the brandy bucks of Buckland live in the forest, but they're a queer breed, seemingly. They fool about with boats on that big river, and that isn't natural. Small wonder that trouble came of it, I say. But be that as it may, Mr. Frodo is as nice a young hobbit as you could wish to meet, very much like Mr. Bilbo, and in more than looks. After all, his father was a Baggins. A decent, respectable hobbit was Mr. Drogo Baggins. There was never much to tell of him till he was drowned. Drowned, said several voices. 
They had heard this and other darker rumours before, of course, but hobbits have a passion for family history, and they were ready to hear it again. "'Well, so they say,' said the gaffer. "'You see, Mr. Drogo, he married poor Miss Primula Brandybuck. She was our Mr. Bilbo's first cousin on the mother's side, her mother being the youngest of the old Took's daughters, and Mr. Drogo was his second cousin. So Mr. Frodo is his first and second cousin, once removed either way, as the saying is, if you follow me. And Mr. Drogo was staying at Brandy Hall with his father-in-law, old Master Gorbadoc, as he often did after his marriage, him being partial to his victuals, and old Gorbadoc keeping a mighty generous table. And he went out boating on the Brandywine River.